Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Yes, yes, y'all. This is your boy, Kale. Hey, everybody. This is Claremont II. My name is Mac Davis. What up, what up? This is Boy Wonder. This is August Regal. This is Jade Ang. You're not rocking with your man, Tona Tancredi. Hey, what up, everybody? It's your boy, Pluto. Hey, what's good? This is Little Sims. What's happening, y'all? This is Dame Funky. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. It's the Come Up Show. This is the show that you come up on. Yeah. This is the spot that you come up strong. You heard? See, because Chetto gonna play that song. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetto. I'm the host and founder of the Come Up Show, where each and every Wednesday, we're interviewing the latest and best creatives who have a story to share on the Come Up Show. And if you haven't already, if this is your first time tuning in, check out our catalog and subscribe so each and every Wednesday you can get inspired. My guest today is Rochester, who also goes by Rochester, a.k.a. Jews. He's getting ready to set his forthcoming EP, Cowabunga, which is his most anticipated and ambitious release to date. We talked about his journey coming up in Toronto, touring all across Canada, and the ups and downs that he's faced because he's been in this game for 15 years strong. Rochester on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go! What up, world? This is Rochester. A.K.A. Juice. <laughs> Holding it down right now, man. Repping Toronto all day, every day. And is there, because uh, you know some Toronto artists are very regional. I'm the west side, I'm Weston, I'm Scarborough, I'm downtown. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> I, you know what? I, <laughs> I keep it Toronto, you yeah. know? Like, I had this, uh, we were talking with, with T. Grams. I was at this Peter Jackson show uh, last week, and um, I was talking with T. Grams, and I was like, yeah, man, you know, like, you know, I was, I was raised in Rexdale, but I went to high school in Woodbridge. He's like, man, you West End, bro. That's all I know. You know what I'm saying? That's all. I, it's either West End or East End. These are the times that you grew up in. You were West End man them from time. So, yo, hold on. I was like, all right, West End. <laughs> you already know. Why do you think that uh, people from Toronto are so regional? Why do you think that they want to represent a specific? Is it just a human thing or is, or is it a Toronto thing? I mean... You know, I'm not. I'm not sure, but I know, growing up during the Screwface Capital times, I mean, everybody had to rep their block, you know, and everybody had a certain section that they they had to let people know where they're from because you know certain mans didn't East End mans weren't liking West End mans, and you know if you're from Rexdale or a man's from Malvern, you might have a problem, you know. So, you know, you had to let your your colors be known. But now, you know, with the success of Toronto as a whole as a mega city, I I, I mean. I think that it's better that we just say, yo, we're, we're from Toronto, yo, you know, as a whole, because that was the whole problem with us being on some crabs in a bucket thing. Because, yo, if you're just from a different block, then, yo, nobody was repping where you were from. Nobody was trying to help you out or nobody was really, you know, trying to hear what you're saying, you know. And, that, mm-hmm. and I think that hurt the culture in Toronto a lot, you know, when, when especially when you see like, you know, the way the South did it, the way Atlanta did it and, you know, just kind of merging as a whole entity you know it 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 hurt that that we couldn't do that so now that we've seen the successes that we're seeing people should just be repping the city as a whole as a one unit together you know yeah because we need to come together the city's too small to say i just represent this specific it's too small <laughs> it's block. yeah yo you, you can't move like that yo yeah. you know so i i I wanted to be one of the guys that just kind of came out and said, "No, I'm from I'm from Toronto, and I'm and I'm Canadian, and it doesn't matter, you know. I'm repping my city and my country wherever I go." So, 
Okay, so let's take it back all the way, the way back machine, man. Uh, as Jason, man, tell me about your upbringing, like yeah. siblings, parents, and okay. where you grew up, and, and, and then how it came for you to come to know hip-hop. Okay, yeah. so um, <laughs> I was born at uh, <laughs> Jana Finch Hospital, you know what I'm saying? So I uh, grew up in Rexdale, uh, Roundtree, big up the man them, you already know. And um, I just heard some boop, 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 go, <laughs> in the go background. On. There, <laughs> you know, and um, you know, both my parents, you know, stuck it out. Um, one of the few people in my building, and I grew up in an apartment, and you know, um, a lot of my friends didn't have their fathers with them, or it was just you know a single parent household. Um, and I was one of the few that actually had both my parents. So, you know, not realizing at the time how special that was, but growing up uh, with people who didn't have both their parents and seeing, you know, the trials and tribulations that they went through made me appreciate it that much more. You know what I'm saying? And skipping fast forward, I think that's why, what made me a better father today. Um, but that being said, um, yeah, I grew up in Rexdale and just being able to be surrounded by so many different walks of life early uh i think just made me just such a better person and be able to just walk into any room and be comfortable and be able to talk and travel all over the world and not be afraid to try new things or mix with different cultures and um you know get a better understanding of what life is on a on a worldwide scale you know so um you know i've ha i've had all my friends are from all different parts of the world um and my dad my dad was a big big music guy man you know he was huge um his record collection was just it's just world renowned around everywhere. Everybody wanted his records and stuff and i you know my earliest fondest memories of music is just waking up on a sunday with him playing the turntables you know playing some some good soul music or some some good reggae music and my mom cooking some ackee and sawfish and some dumpling you know and some green banana and you know eating food and listening to music and you know i spend my morning and then doing my chores and then having being able to just you know listen to music with him and just enjoy the music or maybe dance you know it's a do a little dance for me or whatever you know i'd end up performing for my dad so and that's really where the love of music started for me mm -hmm. you know so uh what, what kind of records are we talking about like what are the things that's t that take you back let's get specific here oh man um we we're it was he my dad was, was pretty eclectic too man and I was mean, he just a music fan but he never got into like say djing or doing anything no like you that? know yeah. there was there yeah. was talks yeah. you know yeah there, there was no instagram or anything like that so <laughs> there's no real factual proof mm -hmm. but um there was a lot of talks of him being a dj and having a sound um, him and my uncles and playing out and um, you know, but I've never I've never seen him play. But he had all the equipment, you know, to be a DJ. But I think he he was just a lover of music. Mm -hmm. He was just a real lover of the art form, you know. So you're hearing all this music while you know you're probably cleaning the house. So like that's you know the Saturday or Sundays when you're cleaning yeah, and yeah, like yeah. the music blasting through the home and whatever. All day. So uh, soul reggae and then where did hip hop come in? Um. Hip hop came in with uh, the community center. Wow, I just I just had the memory now. Yeah, so there was a community center in the in the building, um, and they didn't have much, but we had the joy and pain. Um, was it raw bass? Is it? 
um, record, right? And <laughs> every kid just wanted just to play that record and scratch it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Joy it was, yeah, and, and pain. pain. Like, yeah. oh, every kid would yeah. take turns just trying yeah. to scratch it. And then we didn't even have the proper um, needle, right? So, you know, the teachers used to get mad at us all the time. You're ruining the record. Don't do it. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. we're like, yeah, we don't care. We're loving this right here. Mm-hmm. And everybody, and then, you know, people would just start kicking flows to it and stuff. And I was never, ever, ever really into that you know like um i just never really had the confidence you know i was um i was the only child i didn't meet my brother till i was about 15 years old so i grew up you know um as an only child and like I was, your brother wasn't born until you're no 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 or, okay. i didn't know yeah. i had a brother oh, until okay. I was about, which yeah. is a completely other story yeah, but yeah. um yeah so we um you know, I always grew up in music, but, you know, in terms of hip hop and me actually wanting to become an artist, didn't really have the desire. I was more into the arts. I was very into to drawing, uh, to sketching, to painting, stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't all the way until high school where uh, my friend who came down by the name of Blau and um, he came in from New York and by that time, I had left Rexdale and moved to Woodbridge because my parents, you know, there was just too much going on in the city. And, um, you know, uh, my mom got promoted to a great job and my dad was doing well. So they're like, we got to get, you know, for my sake, they're like, we can't have you growing up like this. We want, we want better for our children, which any parent would want, right? So mm-hmm. I ended up hating it, hating it, hating it. Moving. Why? Because in Rexdale, like, the, the community, like, would you guys live in apartment buildings or townhouses? Yeah, or it was an apartment was building, okay, and yeah. all my all my homies were there. Yeah. All my friends were there. You know, um, Woodbridge was predominantly Italian. It was a, There was nothing there. You know what I'm saying? I was, like, completely fish out of water in my, you know, perspective. And was it also, like, a suburban area, like a suburban, home, or is it yeah, a Yeah, suburban too? home, okay. like a okay. town home, town what, home okay. you know, semi-detached, yeah. and... Um, and um yeah and it was just a brand new beginning i already i was already set to go to high school all my friends that i knew was going to the same high school ah. and it was just like nope you're starting your freshman year somewhere completely different you know so i remember you said to ride my bike for about like three hours just to come back and check the homies like you know and like just not wanting from to, woodbridge to rex to rex oh, wow. <laughs> yeah like every every day daily like you know what every i mean day, wow. yeah just so because I, I didn't want to be there man yeah, yeah. i didn't you know what i'm saying and then you know i met a few friends and then i met i met uh i met blau right and being one of the few black people you could count on with your one hand, you know, in the uh, Woodbridge area. In, Woodbr- in the okay. Woodbridge area, okay. <clears throat> everybody who now knew me uh, would come up to me and say, "Hey, there's another black guy in the school. <laughs> Yo, Juice, you gotta meet this new black guy. He raps yeah. like he's dope. <laughs> you gotta get at him, like hear him spit." I was like, "Yeah, okay, fine. It's that's a little racist, but that's fine." <laughs> <laughs> you know so he spits some his bars his hair's like yours yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. lights like <laughs> I was like alright fine right so he spits some bars for me and I was like my mouth just hit the floor and mm-hmm. I was like damn you, you and at this point you weren't participating in the culture I at had all you no, just a music fan I was just a okay. music fan like all my you know a lot of my friends we listen to music I was just just a fan basically and um, he started spitting and he was like yo you don't spit too I'm like nah he's like you should try it, man. Like, yo, what are you doing? You know, at least go home, try and write some bars. I was like, yeah, all right, cool. All right, all right. Let me try a thing, right? So I went home. Remember the record, too. It was 
crazy record. Um, um, when when thugs cry, uh, Busy Bone. Hmm. Right, Whoa. right. Yeah. Like, the, like my first record. I'm trying to rap. Like, I was. <laughs> what am I thinking? You know, don't ask me to spit it because I, I don't. It's it's way back. But yeah. um, and this is freshman year still. So you're like 15 years old. This or? is uh, second year. Second so, year. Yeah, okay, this so. is my second year now. Okay. So uh, people knew me at this point. Um, and then I came back the next day, and and I spit it for him. And he was like, "Yo, man, you you're got... spitting Busy Bones' verse or just your own?" No, I wrote yeah, my yeah. own. Like, okay. I didn't, I couldn't get the instrumental or anything yeah. like that. I just yeah. wrote my lyrics, just listening to the song over and over. Mm-hmm. But that was like my reference. And um, I came back and I spit it to him the next day, and he's like, "Yo, man, this, like, this is actually pretty good, man. Like, you not bad. Like, maybe he's like, I got a few homies, you know, um, but I got a few homies down by Weston and Finch that we love to chill with. You know, we cipher all the time, we hang out." Roll through with me, come through. We'll come and we kick it. I was like, cool. I'm down for that, yo. You know. So, um, and I went there, and it was nothing but love from the whole crew. You know what I'm saying? That's how I met up with the, all the Tone Mason guys. Um, you know, shout out to Lucius, shout out to Melly. Um, you know, Creed, Starks, all these people who became a part of my foundation crew from the beginning, and that's all we used to do. We used to get forties. And we used to um, every Friday, you know what I mean. We would just drink and and freestyle and rhyme until we couldn't go anymore, you know. And then um, we had our crew it was like eight or nine of us. We were all dope. We were just like you know the Canadian Wu Tang, you know. Like hmm. we just had our own swag and um, just all individuals. Like shout out to Medic too, man. Medic Medic was the reason why you know we actually got into the studio and started actually making records and going from freestyling to to actually making songs. Was it this his studio or like whose studio was it? No, this? Medic okay. was was an artist um um who was part of the crew, but he he had a couple years on us. So he he was the only one who actually had credit that could bring us to Long and McQuaid so we could get an MPC. Ah, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's how the beat making started. And then we got some equipment. We got a mic from there. And we started building it and building it and building it. And Blau actually became the engineer. He went from rhyming to really enjoying the, you know, the dynamic of creating the music behind the scenes. And mm. then, and now he's, you know, one of the, to me, he's one of the best engineers in the city right now, you know? So, um, and, uh, yeah, it just started like that from us from us building that, and uh, it, it was just like snowball effect after that, and I fell in love with it. And you know how it goes, you know, man's move on, man's you know certain things happen, you know, but it always kind of just kept going for me, you know, the music that I was making. Everybody was making records, and we were making records together, but you know, the songs that I was making had just more of a format that would that was working. You know, it was just instantly like, you know, my, my voice was cutting through. And uh, where was it cutting through? Were you trying to push it to community radio or were you? Um, we, um, we used to go to Grouch's show all the time, right? So, and Grouch is another big reason, another, another big reason for us, man, because he was always putting us on, putting on our records. We just to hang at the show, you know, just wump into that. And, um, you know, he was always very supportive of us. So and once you hear that song on the radio, you know what it is like, you know, for any artist who's heard that song on the radio is like, what, so- what it, song was this? And what was that moment? like? Um, it was a song called um, Live It Up. OK, it was a song called Live It Up featuring Color Brown. Um, it was one of the first song that we, you know, we finished, um, got Color Brown on the hook and um, Matt mixed it. 
mastered it, brought it to the station, like, yo, here's our song, like, you know, and let's push it. And it got a lot of love and it was playing and, you know, like there was no flow at that time either. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no flow 93.5. So. And what show did Grouch, like what was the name of the show and what station was he on? It was on 105.5. I can't remember the name of the show. But it was on 105.5. Yeah. Um, The York. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Grouch, Contagious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Gavin Shepard. Yeah. So. Oh, Gavin had his own show too? Gavin was was a part of that show. Part of that show. Yeah, okay, I didn't yeah. Know that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That guy goes way oh, back. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, it goes way back. <laughs> yeah. And that's how that that dynamic happened too, because um, you know, Gavin saw what I was doing, and um, um, him and Shane Sterling and all of us with the Toe Mason, everybody was kind of getting in their groove, and you know, they seen a lot of potential in me, so we decided to just start this collective called the Foundation, right? So you know, we had. Three hot producers. We had, you know, the great um, mind of of Gavin for management. You know, the styling and visual of of uh, Shane Sterling, and you know, wow, yeah, yeah. So it was super a, team, like, yeah, uh, and that's what it was. You know, Voltron, <laughs> crazy. Okay, yeah, yeah. tell me more. Okay, so what happened from there then? So you had the foundation, yeah, and your music is starting to cut through, as you said, yeah. Uh, so what's what's next in the story? Um. I guess it would be the the time that uh, Gavin submitted me for Flow ninety three five the Soul Search because then Soul then Flow ninety three five was brand new first time coming out they wanted to do a, a competition to show the talent in the city um, and Gavin heard about this and he just submitted me and told me after he's like yeah so I submitted you for this talent contest so uh, you gotta win this I was like what he's like yeah man it's the whole station. Um, this new station, Flow 93.5, is coming out. It's our first urban station that Toronto's ever had. It's going to be a big thing. So let's let's uh, let's go out and wow them. I'm like, okay. So I was working at the time, and in between my work shifts, I would work on music. And um, it was actually at Dave & Buster's. I was working at Dave & Buster's. So they had a stage, and my management was, was good enough to let me rehearse during um like my off time and stuff like that so at the place you were working i was working at yeah because they were believing in me too wow yeah yeah so you know and it was like a nice big stage so it made me feel comfortable and you know kitchen staff wait staff would come in i would do my song they'd be like yo this is dope i like it you're gonna do well whatever right so um i felt good i went on there i went on uh i went to the audition or the performance and um i remember click was one of the judges Click was one of the judges. And I gotta have Click on the show, man. That guy must know so much history. Click, like, yo, he knows everything. Everything. Yeah, everything. Four-hour podcast with him. Straight up, he oh. has so much in there, man. So he was one of the judges. Any he's, other judges do you remember? Um, unfortunately, he's the only one that stuck out. Just because yeah. we were talking about it the other day. Okay. Uh, shout out to the other two judges. Uh, um, but um, I went up there. I was actually really mad nervous because I'm not really one for like the talent shows and stuff like that i don't really feel like that was my thing at this time have you like actually publicly performed at shows yeah i was doing like a couple shows here and there nothing you know more like open mics or just like underground like you know a couple battles here and there you know um any open open mics and stuff like that you know um what's that spot that was on um the one that burned down was it reverb Reverb. I was performing at the Reverb, yeah, a couple of times. But this was like an official thing, right? So, mm-hmm. 
there's a whole you know you see like it's like American Idol you see the whole lineup of people you're waiting there and it's just like yo wow. the judges are there and they're just staring at you and I was like fuck okay how am I gonna do this um, so I had this song called Young Love and it was basically about being in uh, you know elementary school and you know getting feelings for a girl you know even though it's not like you know, you don't know what love is really at that time, but you know you got a connection with that person and that that's your homie, you know, and just kind of just seeing where those feelings are and then her, you know, g- getting close and then actually her moving away and then what that felt like, you know. So it was just like a nostalgic, cute record, you know. So um, I went there, I performed it. I remember tripping over my mic, being nervous, and I was like, damn. I'm you like, actually tripped over it. Like, like not, yeah. I didn't, you didn't fall, fall off the stage like, yeah, or something, but like, stumble. I, yeah, yeah, like yeah. over the mic stand, like, yeah. you know, I got caught up. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know my mic techniques at the time, you know, but um, I was like, I went home thinking like, there's no way I would have won this thing. Like that, that sucks. All this preparation, everybody tell me, I just went home cheese. And then uh, I got a week, a week, about a week or two later, I got a phone call um from flow 93.5 telling me like hey is this rochester and i'm like yeah she's like yeah we just want to let you know that you know um we went through everybody there was about four to five hundred people wow yeah that we went through and um we found that you were the best out of all of them so you are the winner crazy i was like for, I, ch- I checked the number. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Who's calling me right now? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yo, for real. So we want you to come in. We want you to do some interviews, you know, on our morning show. Mm-hmm. And um, and then from that, it was just like I was in there. You know what I'm saying? Like Foundation was in there. We we, we submitted for uh, much, ma- much Fact videos or Video Fact, whatever. And um, we're getting those. I got my agent together. You know, the team was just, it was just rolling, you know, like, and like the fact that we had music on an, you know, our first urban station in the city where everybody was listening to it. I can guarantee you there wasn't a mall in the city I couldn't walk into where people couldn't know who I was, you know. You're a celebrity because. Was, yeah. When Flo first came out, it was a big deal. And I'm trying to find when, when, what year was. Uh, so 2001 is when it first aired. Yeah, 2001. Okay. 2001, and then we dropped the video for Do It. Yeah. So Do It Like We Do It, uh, which was like, it was like a new, it was like mixing hip-hop with the dancehall. Like, it was just straight good vibes, yo. So, like, everybody was loving that record, too. It was shot well, directed well. That was actually RT's first video that he Ooh. shot. Yeah. So uh, it was RT's for, and now he's got, you know, multiple MMVAs and awards and he's directing TV now. And so, you know, it was, we were on the cusp of like just all this new stuff that was going on in the city. And it was just this new wave of people wanting this talent, Toronto talent, man. And I, I guess I just kind of matched what they were looking for, you know, because it wasn't, it wasn't overly, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't cursing too much. I wasn't. You know, I was just giving them good vibes and then giving them honest music, you know, and then I guess the people really, really took to that, man. So that the tour started coming from there. The show started coming from there. And um, yeah, just kept moving. So what tours like? Is this your own solo tour across Canada? No, or what was no, it? no, no. Yeah. Um, we I hooked up with uh, S.O. Feldman um, mm-hmm. from my booking agency. And then uh, we went. Uh, my first tour was with Obi Trice. That was my first cross Canada tour 12 mm-hmm. dates uh across the globe across the country and um yeah we were just like yo like 
You know, imagine us coming from, you know, Finch, Rexdale, and just like, you know, six or seven of us um, in a couple Altimas driving, (laughs) (laughs) a couple Nissan Altimas driving across the country, you know? And, you know, Gavin and uh, Starks and Medic, and we were just having so much fun, you guys man. You must have been so excited. So yeah. excited, yeah. yo. So, that like, this hip hop thing is taking you. Taking us yeah. out of the. Co- we, I, you know what? Honestly, I didn't even know how big it was. I was just like, all right, let's 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 get it, you know? Until, you know, looking back and you realize, yo, what we were doing at the time and how great that, that feeling was, man. And just to have all of us on the road and killing these shows and really, like, killing these shows, like, People jumping, like, there's old footage of people, like, chanting my name and, like, you know, panties going on stage and shirts coming off and girls on head top. Like, it was, like, we couldn't believe it for hip-hop, man. It was just, like, they didn't, and it wasn't like I was huge. I mean, I was nice in Toronto. People knew my name, but outside of that, people were just getting to know me, you know? If if you had much vibe, then you might have seen my video, so, and that, you know what? That helped out a lot, too, man, because much vibe was coming out, too, and for the people who who needed their hip-hop fix and didn't have BET at the time, all we had was, there was no YouTube, there was no nothing, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I owe a lot of my fans to, to like, much and much vibe, because because, you know, they made sure that this Canadian content was getting played, like heavy rotation all the time. So, you know, when I go to Ottawa, people really know my name in Ottawa as well because they remember those those videos that I was dropping mm-hmm. from Much Vibe. So you're basically getting the full push of the machine from yeah. commercial radio yeah. flow yeah. Uh, to your music videos being played. Every every yeah. outlet that, you know, was kind of on the cusp or, like, was was doing things in the mm-hmm. country, in the and city. And you're probably getting some, like, press, maybe magazines and newspapers type yeah, of stuff yeah. as Peace well. Yeah, Peace Magazine, yeah. Pound Magazine, you know what I'm saying? They were all all supporting your boy. And man. is this uh, We Trice's uh, Cheers? Was that that album? Cheers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was his big album, yeah. and uh, yeah, man. So like, he was really hot. That's at the when time. Shady as well, too. Obviously, yeah, busting. So yeah. we were just yeah. on the cusp of just all of this great. It was just perfect timing for everything, you mm-hmm. know. And we we're just utilizing it the most as we could. I mean, psh, we came back from that tour with, uh, you know two broke Altimas that we had to pay for and um, well, rentals or the rentals. Yeah, what happened? yeah. <laughs> I gotta hear these stories. Uh, what did you guys do? <laughs> okay, wait. All right, I'm gonna be. Listen, medic's gonna hate me for this, but I'm gonna tell you. Cause well, was that on his credit card or? Well, why is he gonna hate you for it? Well, cause it was the he's the reason why a lot of it oh, okay. got mosh up, y'all. Okay, you know, okay, okay. so um, we were we were in um, we we're in Alberta. I want to say. I don't know. We're not about it. Alberta. And um, we're doing a show. You know, by this point, we're seeing white girls everywhere. Mehdi's loving a white girl. You know what I'm saying? And it's just groupies. And we, we're not used to all of this, right? So we get all kinds of love. And, um, me, and um, you know, Medic's one of those guys. He just plays the ratio. You know what I'm saying? Like, he'll chop 10 girls, you know, and it doesn't matter because, you know, the game says at least one or two of them got to be ready to go. So like <laughs> he he found two, um, took him to the whip, you know, did what he did with the two, and then came back to the to the venue with the girls. But uh, apparently they didn't they didn't have wristbands or something like that. So the security didn't let him back in, and they were shouting at medic like, "Yo, 
You know what I'm saying? Get us back in. And he did the, you know what I mean? The head down, like, yo, do I have we, have you met? Like Aww. one of those, like savage, yo. Savage, like, yeah. Savage. And um, yo, they got cheese. When we got back to the car, there were these keyholes like Aww. straight across the whip. You know what I'm saying? And we're like, yo, we're gonna have to pay for that when we get back. Mm. I'm like, I hope it was worth it. You know? Um, but you know, tour life is like that, man. Um you know, especially going across Canada, um, there's a lot of space in between where you're going, you know. So you're driving for 8 to 14 hours daily, you know. Um, so it's it's hard to get, like, you know, like a lot enough shows to really make it profitable, you know. Um, so we were just kind of breaking even on everything, you know. But what we did was made sure that we made an impact wherever we went. You know, so that was the good thing because even though, yeah, okay, fine, we're putting all these mileage on the cars and stuff like that, people are remembering these shows, you know, and, and what we're doing is we felt like we were making a difference. So even though, you know, it wasn't the most profitable experience, it was a memorable one and it was one that kind of, you know, it still resonates with people today because I got to meet Red One from the Rascals. I got to, me and Chemo, we got to hang out. You oh, know you went out saying? to Vancouver. All the way to Vancouver and yeah. back, man. Yeah, we went all the way right across, you know what I'm saying? We even went up to the Yukon and stuff. I never played out there before. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that was crazy and um, I, 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 I uh, met people who I'm still friends with today, you know, shout out to Taz Nada, uh, Sun I met Taz Nada way back then? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, and man. Sunreal. Sunreal. So I think was, I spent Sunreal after, but yeah. What was that experience? Because you probably didn't even leave Ontario before that tour. No, no, definitely not. Right? If I was leaving Ontario, it was probably to go to Jamaica yeah. for a funeral and then come back, yeah. Yeah, so what yeah. was it like seeing all of Canada and going on that tour and like, you know? <sighs> it made me, first of all, it was cold. This so, is during the winter? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And um, second of all, it made me realize how Toronto is actually different from the rest of the country. You know what I'm saying? How different it is from the rest of the country. And how um, Canada, like Toronto is is like its own bubble world. Bubble, yeah, world. Yeah. And this, because I thought Toronto was Canada for the most part. You know what I'm saying? But there's, Toronto is like, you know, it's not even close to what really Canada is, man. And that's why a lot of people want to come to the city of Toronto because it's just got so much different culture and, and different experiences here that you can't really get in other parts of, of the country, you know? So it, may, it it made me appreciate home, but it also made me realize um, what great country we have, you know? Like going through like, you know, BC and seeing the Rockies and stuff like that and just like the beauty of that, just driving through the mountains and yeah. stuff like I've that. Like, you can see all four seasons in one day, yeah. rain, snow, sunshine. All of it, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, like driving through like, you know, um, um, was it Saskatchewan, like the flatlands and stuff like that, you know, and having our car almost blown over by like the wind gust because it's so flat and all the, the wind is just shaking your car left, right. And there's like, you know, there's like a, a graveyard of, of vehicles that are just tipped over. Like, you know what I'm saying? Crazy. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like even Montreal, Montreal was a new experience for me, you know, the, the rich culture of Montreal and getting love over there, you know, it, it was really cool. Yukon, all of that stuff, man. It just made me appreciate um, the country. Mm -hmm. yeah. So coming back from that experience, like how did that, 
that did that recharge you as a as a rapper yeah yeah a, definitely man yeah. i just I, i always say like you know like travel is like is just a just a knowledge that you know people need man like travel is knowledge man like seeing other parts of the world you learn things man like if you want to if you're if you're if you're open to these experiences you can just learn so much stuff man that you know that that can't be really taught in books yo so like i encourage people to travel as much as 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 they can and get out of your own bubble a little bit yeah. and see how the world lives man you know it's so funny because when I was doing a radio show in London, Ontario, that some Toronto guys would see London as like, yo, that's so far. Like, they wouldn't go Bruh. past Saga or anything like yeah, that. I know, they're like, I know. And like, just had a new app. Like, they're trying to promote a new album. I'm like, yo, you're not willing to make the two hours drive to London? Okay, forget it. <laughs> I and know, I man, was, I always, I always wonder why Toronto cats like that, like, just didn't want to go outside of GTA. Yeah, they feel like they have everything there. And we're yeah. not the only people. There's a lot yeah. of people who in New York, you know what I'm saying? They kind of stay. If you're from Brooklyn, you might stay in that radius or whatever. I know certain mans who won't go north of Eglinton, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're like, yo, north of where? No, 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 no. They ain't doing that, you know? But um, I think when you're traveling, man, it's, it's, it's experiences that, you know, that opens up your mind to new all kinds of new things, new new cultures, new tastes, new new sights, everything, man. So it's mm -hmm. beautiful. So this is around uh, Obi Trice's album came out around two thousand and three. The tour is done. Was it around that same time with oh four or five? Yeah, this is about like oh four. I want to say okay. yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right. So what happens next? And around this time, two thousand and seven, so far gone. And Drake is coming out. And before this, is Toronto is a screw face capital. It is right? absolutely, absolutely. Like when you go to shows or whatever, people mm -hmm. are not given any. What's that? Can you oh, give us man. extrapolate on what sure. the environment is like in Toronto? Sure. Every yeah. every show felt like. The, like one of a scene from like eight mile or something like that for me like you know where it's just people just staring and nobody's just really with you you know what i'm saying like you might have people there who know you but their their brethren is a rapper too so they don't want to really hail you up too much or you know um you know put their gun finger in the air or clap or anything you know so i remember doing shows pouring my heart out into shows man and just getting nothing you know until i would leave that you know come out you know get a drink whatever then go through the crowd and then it was like it was more like a on the lows like you know like yo yo that, that was a proper show still yo you, you killed that still you know what i'm saying it was not too loud though you know like and that's that's what it was you know so i always knew i was there was a talent there, you know, but um, I just, and I, I, yo, I used to tell people all the time, if you want to make it in, yo, you got to come perform in Toronto, yo, because that just sharpened my skill as an MC. So if I knew I could get a rise out of people in, in Toronto, then I was good. Then I was good, yo, because it's very, very, very hard to get people to, you know, to win them over. To win them over, yeah. yeah. To enjoy, not to. I was gonna say enjoy the music, but it's they're enjoying it. But they're, it's more of a subdued mm -hmm. enjoyment. Where you do know? you think that comes from? <sighs> like, like we were just talking about before. I yeah. think where it was like you know the kind of the segregation of you know man's being from certain blocks and stuff like that, and representing where you're from, and anybody mm -hmm. outside of that should not get any love and. You know, just uh, maybe it's that, and maybe some rap, maybe that rapper who's coming out on stage saying, "I'm representing the borough," or like, and then that automatically, if you're not from the borough, Bro, you then yeah, you yeah. get no yeah. love. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And yeah. you have to, you know, people, 
we're we're very you know we're very clicky you know what i'm saying so like yo if you're if you're with that crew you gotta rep for that crew you know what i'm saying and that's that's all we knew you know you want to be loyal to the people you're with so you know it's it's the loyalty is great it's a it's a great thing but people don't realize that we're all kind of doing the same thing and we need to move together and it was really our generation like you know you know me and you know, the Tonas and the Atom Bombs and all these mans, you know, who were kind of just saying, you know, let's, let's, who cares, bro? Like, let's just get this. You're nice. I'm nice. Let's, let's start making records. Like, let's just start moving together because we see it wasn't working. The other way wasn't working. So we needed to start doing it. So, you know, I think one, our generation was one of the, was one of the dopest generations, man. Like that, I guess, pre-OVO, you know, movement that we had, it kind of really started bringing the, bringing the work together, man. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so uh, so what what happens after the tour? You come back to the city. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the next thing? Um, so the album is out. You know, um, we're pushing that. The videos are doing well. It's doing a lot of shows. Then um, I had a kid. Right, I had a kid, and um, everything was just like completely different now. You know, you're not living for yourself anymore. You're living, you know, to trying to take care of the family, and it's just like, yo, what? What happens? What happens now? Do I, you know, do I keep pushing this thing? Because, yo, like, music is great, but the money was so, like, wishy-wash. Like, you never know. It's not like I'm working and I get a check every two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I might have three grand waiting for me, but it might take me three to four months to get that money. You know what I'm saying? So by the time I get that money, I'm so behind on bills anyway. It's just, it's just leading up. It's just breaking even for me you know so um and then six months after that um my my child was born we realized that she had cerebral palsy so um it was very tough for us to you know for me to say you know what um what do i do you know what i'm saying like i i have to go i have to work you know i have to i have to make some money i don't want to sell drugs i don't want to you know i want to make sure that i'm here for my kid i want to take care of her you know and like what 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 really makes the most sense in my life right now so you know i chose to just start working i became really good at cooking and i uh, started working in a lot of restaurants and stuff like that building up becoming that and that you know restaurant like everything the problem is with me everything i love is like you have to to really be good at it it has to be like almost like 100% of your time you know for you to be uh invested in music you need 100,000% investment into music if you really wanted to go somewhere these aren't part-time things that you can do on the side and make something happen of and unless you just want it to be a hobby you know which i never did and the same thing goes with um with chefing and cooking like if you wanted to really go to that next level you got to give it like a hundred thousand percent, man. You know, these guys are putting in 80 hour work weeks easily. You know what I'm saying? Like easily, man. So, um, it, it was hard for me to balance that at the time. So, you know, the music was taking a little bit longer to come out and, um, it was, it was harder for me to find that right, right, um, balance basically between, you know, family life and, and music life. And then, um, Shane Sterling, met up with a producer named Boy Wonder. And then he's like, he called me up. He's like, yo, I got this sick beef for you. This kid Boy Wonder, he's making these dope beats, man. You should really, really get at him. Um, he gave me a beat and I want you to hear it. You know what I'm saying? You should write to this. And I was like, okay, send it over. And I hate when people do that. I hate when like mans are telling me, yo, you need to rap to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, like I want to rap to what I want to rap to. But um, he sent me this beat. I was like, 
and the beat was Pull Up. His song became Pull Up. It was actually supposed to be a Cardi beat, and Cardi passed on it, apparently, and then he gave it to me, and I was like, yeah, I got something for this. Yeah, I got something for this. You know what I'm saying? So I wrote it within very quickly, but I didn't get a chance to record it because I had to go to Jamaica uh, again, and um, so I just I was able to just kind of sit with it you know, for a couple of weeks and kind of just make it nice and just, I, I just wrote, kept rewriting stuff to it and um, that and that's why when you hear that song, it's kind of got that Jamaican twang to it, yo. It's got that Patois feel because I was just, literally just came from Jamaica at the time, right? So, and then like I recorded it in like two takes, I think, yo. We came back and it was like, we knew instantly, me and Blau knew instantly, like, yo, this was this is a hit, bro. Like, this is it, you know? And I think you can feel it, too. Like, there's records, you know, if you're an artist, and you're probably going to listen to your stuff a couple of times, a bunch of times. But, like, I could not stop listening to my own record, you know what I'm saying? I'd be hearing some other stuff and be like, nah, let me hear that. Let me hear that pull-up joint I did again, you know? So I felt really good about the record. Is that a good, that's a good sign, I think right? that's a great sign, yeah. man, you know? like when Because you can be critical of your own stuff. Yeah. Artists usually are very critical you of their be. own stuff. You yeah. should be. Yeah. You should be, you know? And the fact that if you're really feeling it, that's a great sign, you know? So some people feel their stuff a little bit too much. You know what I mean? They don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're not critical enough. But, um, yeah, I felt like that was that was a – and then – And what did pull-up end up doing then? And then pull-up yeah. ended up being, you know, the single of the year, won a stylist award, um, just got it like it was really, like, heavy in the clubs at the time, you know, um, um, spent, like, four weeks on number one at the uh, the um, OTA on, on Flow 93.5 and in rotation and heavy rotation and just really just opening up the doors to me and um, the states, even south of the border, started picking up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that was like one of my biggest records today and people still remember me for for, uh, for that record. So, yeah. Uh, so, pull up. Okay, so stylist, all that. So, what are we, what are we talking about now? Like 09, 2010 or... This is 07, actually. 07 still. 07, 08. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And uh, so I want to go back to, you talk about you You had your first child. Uh, yeah. She had a, a cerebral palsy. And yeah. then you're bal- uh, you got to make a decision. Yeah. And you're kind of like divided between cooking and, and p- pursuing that career and yeah. providing for your family. Yeah. I was wondering, like, what are the feelings that you're going through? You must have been a little bit depressed or... I was actually frustrated, maybe or no. I didn't know how. I was very depressed. I mean, you know, people were depending on me to put out music, and it was just like, you know, time goes so fast when you don't realize it. You know what I'm saying? It was. It wasn't like, oh, I'll never make music again or whatever. I don't know what to do. It was just like, yo, I'm just. I've been working on this, and you know, oh, I'll work on that song tomorrow and then tomorrow becomes like a week and then it becomes a month and you realize you're like yo i haven't even been in the studio for like way too long yo you know what i'm saying and then it time just starts flying you know because you're working 60 hour weeks and then you don't you might not even have the energy to go do that i remember um uh drake um heard one of my um freestyles at um 
on the radio because me and Scratch had a great reputation with flow and everything. So I would do a lot of freestyle and dubs, and I would send it to him. You know, every record he would preview it, he would mix it. St- starting from scratch? Or yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, starting from yeah. scratch, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So he would, you know, and he was the man on flow, so he was always rinsing my stuff and shout out to him because that's when I would get a lot of the phone calls and the texts. He's like, yo, I heard that. This guy pulled it up like 10 times, bro. That's it's fire right there, you know? So then uh, I was, I did a show at... Um, What's that place across from the Ma Club again? Revival. Revival, thank yeah. you. I did a show at Revival, and um, Drake was there. And um, he's like, yo, I heard what you did over the, the Show Me What You Got beat, the Jay-Z joint. And he's like, yo, you sound like you were like channeling Jay like heavy. Like I was like so impressed with that, man. He's like, I'm working on this mixtape. It's called Comeback Season. Um, you know, we're recording it over by the uh, the remix studios and stuff. So he's like, yo, I don't know if you're free, but um, yo, do you want to come by? Like, yo, let's work on a record together for the mixtape. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But re- real talk, I had to like open, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? I had to open um, the restaurant the next day so like and i had to close the night before plus i had my kids so i was like yo man i would i would have done it but i was like yo man like i had to i gotta get this money and drake wasn't drake at the time too yeah. so no disrespect was but i was another just like, local rapper yeah it was just a, you know city. he was yeah. the, the he was the degrassi guy yo. so i was like okay like you know if i had the free time i would have loved to jump on records but it was like i was thinking priorities i was thinking checks i'm like i don't want to lose my job for it you know it ended up being whatever it was you know but it was just like missed opportunities you know and like and and that's the thing with music because sometimes it's it's that opportunity you know that those choices that you have to make that makes you say yo what are you really trying to do? Are you an artist or are you are are you are you not really? You know what I'm saying? Because life is gonna throw those forks in the road where you have to make certain decisions, you know? So um I chose the latter and um, you know, it, it it hurt after a while knowing that, you know, everything was just about work and just Were you feeling uninspired? Um, it's it's hard to get inspired, man, when when you don't have you know the right outlets anymore to to just really just make records and just not being able to have the time to actually sit down like because you're you know your kids crying or you know there was there was content but it wasn't the content that like it was depressing content yo you know what i'm saying it's like my my daughter's you know has you know uh mental issues and um and all this, you know, your 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 girlfriend is just like saying, like, you know, she's on your case about certain things, and you know, it was just like, yo, man, this is just this is too much for me, you know what I'm saying? So like, and people know me, I don't really, I'm not one to get depressed or anything like that, you know. I fight through. I always try and keep a positive attitude about everything, but yo, I could only do so much, and you see it, it, it just it starts suffering. So you know, instead of us putting out, you know, three, four singles at a time or an album a year it just became like maybe one song you know and then everybody else got to eat you know the foundation got to eat so like you know it's like what's going on juice we need these songs what's going on what's going on so yeah it, it became a problem it just became a, a real problem so what 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 were your outlets then did you have any outlets like in terms of you have all this frustration building up and maybe music was kind of a therapeutic outlet or music no? did is, you use it that way or did oh you, music yeah, yeah. music is always always my therapy it's it's the reason why i can still make music today because no matter what uh i can always go and uh express my thoughts i don't i'm not much of a 
a talker, you know what I'm saying? Like I, <laughs> I'm talking all the time right now, but um I'm not much that I'm not that type, you know, like uh but music has always been my my release, you know, and you hear it in my music, you know, way back, you know, it's it's how I it's how I come to terms with things, it's how I, you, you know, cope. Yeah, it's how I cope with things. It's how I, you know, express myself. It's just it's just that relief of saying, yo, oh, man, I got an issue today and I'm just going to write about it. And then you, you hear that song back or you hear that verse back or you just spit it back to yourself. And I feel that weight just, just lift right off of me after that, you know. So I've always been able to do that. And I'd, I'd make music regardless if it was making money or not because it is my therapy. But in terms of you know, trying to make a song for the radio or trying to, you know, some, that, something that I guess was quote-unquote marketable, you know, because I had um, I had my team telling me, oh, you got to make, you need a summer banger or you need, you know, BTs here now, man. Look what they're doing there. You got to make one of those. You got to sound like that. And I'm like, I wasn't feeling like that at all, you know. I didn't, and I didn't want to have to compromise myself. So, you know, it took a while for me to just you know, kind of get back in the in the zone and just start making the music that I wanted to make, you know? And it wasn't really until I just said, I do that a lot too. I just say, yo, forget everybody. I'm going in my zone. I'll go in my, my little back cave and I'll just write, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't hit me up. Don't do anything. And then some of the best music will just come out from that just being naturally me. And uh, I get that a lot from my fans and stuff. They'll They'll tell me like, you know, the thing is, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm very versatile. I can make any type of track. I can make a party record or whatever. But my my favorite music from you, Rochester, people talking to me, they'll say, like, yo, it's when you're just real. You know what I'm saying? And when it, when your stuff just comes from the heart, like records like Priceless or, you know, Wounded Lips or, you know, um, I'm Ready, anything. You know what I'm saying? Anything that, you know, just comes from, from the heart is, is where you shine the most. And that's why, like... You know, I think a record like that, like Grateful that I have right now is really speaking to the people. So wake up in the morning, pour my drinking cup. Then I smile at the mirror like, that's what's up. God trust, bad luck won't last forever. Thank you for what I got before I ask for better. Good friends, I see some beautiful children. I tell it when use is a beautiful feeling. And beautiful women want to come to my building. Uh, can't let them in because I'll be chasing a million. Yes, I built an empire. No Lucius Lion, I am what I am. I keep the fire burning, yearning, working like a brand new furnace. No man can turn me. That means I won't switch. Love for my fam, that means I won't snitch. Some man's hot, they burn their own bridge. Take God's gifts and just squander it. Uh, so you have an EP that's coming out in the f- uh, in the near future. We're not gonna say a release date because that's the one mistake rappers make. <laughs> they say release dates and then it and then doesn't it come out in the yeah. release dates. <laughs> I've seen that way too many times. Uh, Cowabunga. Yeah. Uh, and you said that uh, it's antis- uh, the most ambitious release to date, and it's gonna be a mix of different sounds. Tell me yeah. about it. Yeah. So it's it's uh, what I like to call a present day nostalgia. You know, so it's a mixture of some of the old styles, you know what I mean, recognizable um, um, sounds and, and feelings with um, newer drum patterns, you know what I'm saying? And, and this new wave of just that new bounce that everybody is loving right now, like a trap 
ish. I don't. I don't. I'm not in the trap. I don't. You know. I'm not, I was wondering I'm not if you in the trap. <laughs> I like the music. You know what I'm saying? But I don't. No, <laughs> I don't do that. Well, Boost is is a trap song, basically, yeah, right? Yeah, but so, but if you listen to the lyrics, yeah. it's it's about you know empowering women almost. You know what I'm saying? It's about like yo, like let me give you a boost. Like you know what I'm saying? I like you. Let me help you out. Like you know what I'm saying? Because you look good. You know, it's not about like yo, go move, push this up your ass, and move some weight for me. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 empowering, and I try and do things in a positive light. You know what I'm saying? So it's still got the balance, and I and people love. To hear it when I perform it in the club and it can and it can blend in with anything that's popping today. How much just give up boost? boost? How much just give up boost? boost? Couple of shots gotta lose. lose. That's when I give her the juice. Lose. She wanna come to my booth. Bring all your girls on my section. Right. I only give her the truth. truth. You can improve on perfection. How do you balance that though? Like say maybe if trap is not your favorite music, mm-hmm. but everybody wants to hear trap right now. Like mm-hmm. that's what the people expect. Yeah. And put your own take on that like how do you do you like oh man i gotta do this or let me try it's to not, it's, yeah, not it's, yeah. it's it's just uh, you shouldn't have to compromise your your music ever you know what i'm saying um the funny thing for being in the game that long you you know that everything comes back around like you know what i'm saying like it, music always moves in 360 Cycles. motion yeah. yeah yeah so it's like you know you never should have to feel that you gotta compromise what you're doing to make um to make good music but you know you should always try and feel you shouldn't feel stagnant either you shouldn't feel like you're not current you know what i'm saying at the same time and there's ways about doing it there's that's why i take certain sounds that i do like from it you know what i'm saying or certain aspects that i do like from from music and mixing it what i what, with what i already love you know what i'm saying and it's about bridging those gaps you know because you know, you know, you still got like the Joey badasses right now who do more of an older style of music. You know, who who are who's younger than me, who wasn't even around probably when them things was going on, yeah. but like understands the vibe so well. Even T. Grams, I told him that the other day too. It was like, man, like you know, what I'm saying you were you were just a youth them time there, but like yo, like when I hear you spit, like I feel like that that whole era come back, yo. You know, so like yeah, yeah, yeah. And some people can do that, so it's about just challenge, challenge, channel, channel what you love man and just uh, making it work for you okay so the song grateful you just released a video for that uh featuring boy uh produced by boy wonder yeah uh what are you grateful for what am i grateful for man i'm, I'm grateful to still be able to put out a song like grateful right now you know what i'm saying i'm great finally i get to interview an interview with you because it's been long overdue um i'm grateful for for my family i'm grateful for the block trade team you know what I'm saying? I'm grateful for all my fans out there who still rock with me, man. I'm grateful for for the people who who hit me up on Twitter or Facebook or on the gram and just like say, yo, thank you for still putting out good music that we can listen to, you know. I'm grand I'm grateful for the radio stations picking it up without us even really having to go them or for any payola or anything like that because they actually really like the record. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm grateful to God for it giving me these talents and you know, um, keeping me focused when many, many times I could have been, you know, ass out or just not doing this anymore, yeah. being a completely different place in life, you know, it was just, you know, forgiving me the strength and will to just kind of stick to what I, my vision and love what I do and know that, you know, eventually it's, it's going to pay off.
Yo, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rochester. What did you guys think? Please reach out to me at The Come Up Show on Twitter. Comment on SoundCloud and we're everywhere. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. Subscribe. Check out the previous interviews. I appreciate you listening. We'll check you next Wednesday. My name's Chetto, y'all. Peace. (laughs) 